Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky makes a whirlwind visit to Washington. Will Congress answer his pleas for more military aid? Produced by Defense News and Military Times, this is the Early Bird Brief. Each morning, we bring you the defense and national security news of the day. Putin's got bodies in this, each one a threat to any free nation. And 15 Air National Guardsmen are disciplined for their roles in a security breakdown that led to a classified information leak. What does it all mean for our defense and security? You'll find out. I'm your host, Simone Perez. Today is December 12th, 2023. Before we get started, though, we will have a special episode for your afternoon commute today. Defense Newsland Warfare reporter Jen Judson sits down with CSIS analyst Tom Carrico to talk about the latest in missile defense news. So first today, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is on a visit to Washington. He will meet with White House officials and members of Congress today. The visit is part of a last-minute push by the Biden administration to convince Congress to pass a supplemental funding bill. Yesterday, though, he spoke before an audience at the National Defense University. He's fighting Ukraine, but really, he's up against all of free United Europe. He's wrecking everyday life in Ukrainian cities, but his real target is the freedom. Freedom people enjoy from Warsaw to Chicago to Yokohama. He's trying to make democratic countries lose hope, pushing the idea that dictatorships with a bit of market economy are winning this global face-off. This isn't just about competing systems. Russia still got the means to mess with democracies worldwide. U.S. officials warned that the money for Ukraine is running out, and President Joe Biden asked Congress for $61.4 billion for wartime funding for Ukraine. It's part of a $110 billion package that also includes money for Israel and Taiwan. But the request is caught up in a debate over immigration policy and border security. The U.S. has already provided Ukraine $111 billion in its fight against Russia's 2022 invasion. Questions remain, though, as to whether Republicans will be able to come to an agreement on any rounds of future funding for Ukraine or Israel without White House concessions on additional border security as illegal border crossings surge. But any border package also runs the risk of alienating some Democrats. The Defense Department said there is about $4.8 billion remaining in presidential drawdown authority, which pulls weapons from existing U.S. stockpiles. There is also $1.1 billion left in funding to replenish those U.S. military stockpiles. In other news, the Air Force has announced its next Chief Master Sergeant. For more on this, Air Force Times editor Rachel Cohen joins the episode today. So Rachel, who is the new Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, and what does his past work experience look like? Chief Master Sergeant David Flossie. Um, He's the current command chief at Air Force Material Command, which is the organization that oversees um, all of the acquisition and sustainment for pretty much everything that the Air Force owns. So he will come in and replace Joanne Bass, who's the current um, Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, and he'll be, you know, the the main voice for about. 260,000 enlisted airmen, and he'll work on, you know, quality of life issues and sort of career management issues for the whole force and be the be the top enlisted advisor to General David Alvin, who is the, the top officer. 
So he's the he's the enlisted counterpart. And what will be on his mind, or what will be his major focuses as he moves into this role? You know, I, I think it's likely that he'll take on you know a lot of the same issues as Chief Bass has. So you know, mental health, suicide prevention, sort of reorienting the enlisted force to you know better deal with the kinds of threats and the kind of career fields that the military is going to see in the future. So um, you know, more emphasis on cyber, more emphasis on, you know, information ops, disinformation, things like that. But also, you know, really just making sure that people are are taken care of, the Air Force is not getting any bigger, you know, how to how to keep people happy and fulfilled and make sure that their families are taken care of, you know, when they're getting, you know, more and more put on their plates at work. Also on your radar today, 15 Air National Guardsmen were disciplined in the Discord server leak. You may remember prosecutors say Airman First Class Jack Jashera removed classified information from his office and posted it on the platform. The service maintains that Tejera acted alone, but the Air Force's investigation turned up four separate instances where Tejera was observed looking at or discussing intelligence he should not have been assessing in his role. An investigation released yesterday revealed that, that supervisors were aware of the issues but chose not to report them to security officials until months into his activities. The investigation also found that workspaces were inadequately inspected and there was an inconsistent guidance for reporting security breaches. There was reportedly a lack of supervision and insufficient understanding among the command of who could access sensitive information. The investigation specifically calls out the 102nd Intelligence Support Squadron for a weekly intelligence briefing it provided. Investigators said those meetings created, quote, ambiguity around whether these tech support airmen were meant to be accessing classified material. The 15 disciplined airmen include Colonel Sean Riley and Colonel Enrique Davalo. The wing and group commanders relieved of duty in April. More junior officers and non-commissioned officers were also included. The investigation found that the intelligence oversight program in the wing overall was, quote, compliant but lacking, noting many airmen had yet to complete I.O. training and supervisors were not consistent with reporting violations or enforcing them. The 102nd Intelligence Surveillance and Reconnaissance Group, Tejera's unit, is no longer handling sensitive information. Tejera was indicted on six federal counts of willful retention and transmission of national defense information. He pleaded not guilty in June. And now, here's some other stories that we're hearing chirps about. The acting Pentagon policy head announced her departure. Mara Carlin has performed those duties since the summer. Congress is poised to allow the Pentagon limited authority to begin working on urgent programs before they are officially funded. The move is a provision proposed in the 2024 National Defense Authorization Act. The Defense Authorization Bill would also raise fitness standards for the Army's close combat force. The negotiated bill would also remove efforts to reinstate the Army physical fitness test and create a gender-neutral test. And a U.S. Air Force pilot safely ejected from an F-16 fighter jet before it crashed into the sea off the coast of South Korea. And on this day in history, in 1787, the state of Pennsylvania became the second state to ratify the Constitution. That's it for us this morning. To get more top stories and breaking news, go to defensenews.com EBB to subscribe to the Early Bird Brief newsletter. Please give us a like, rating, and a comment wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media at defense underscore news and at military times. The Early Bird Brief is hosted and produced by me, Zabonzi Perez. 
Today's episode featured stories by the Associated Press, Rachel Cohen, and Megan Myers. Our editor-in-chief is Mike Bruce. Have a great day.